0: Welcome to Grumpy GDPR. My name is Ria, founder of No Ties Consulting.
1: And my name is Miloš Nović, I'm an associate professor of law. And good morning, or good day, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Miloš here, and once again, we are on the Grumpy GDPR. Hi, Ria.
0: Hey, Miloš. So, how grumpy are you these days?
1: Oh God, extremely grumpy. You wouldn't believe it. Like on a scale from <laughs> one to 10, 10,000. Oh my you?
0: gosh, that is, that is a lot of grumpiness. I, I tend to, uh, to agree with that. I was uh, telling someone today that I had 127 unread in my RSS, got it down Monday morning to 34, and now it is 95
1: And you know, I don't, uh, I'm like those people who are actually scared to open up their email these days, like it's just getting insane, but it's also fun. And that is also how we find fun and interesting cases. And this time around, I have to brag because you always find all the interesting cases. This time something popped up in my, not RSS feed, in the newspaper. And that is a case I want to talk about. And it's all about porn.
0: It is about porn today, so uh, hence the uh, title, which I'm sure that people got curious about. So I was excited about this case, and I can't wait for you to hear your thoughts and to dive into discussion on some of the topics here.
1: Absolutely. So this is actually a super cool case because it uh, started, it has a long, long background, right? So as we know, there are plenty of porn sites out there and there is a particular website called X Hamster, which I believe is one of the bigger ones. And in Netherlands, a couple of NGOs initiated court proceedings against it a few years ago. A few years ago, it feels like a few years ago, it was February 2022, uh, stating that the uh, website itself is violating the GDPR, that they are in breach of their duties, that they are a data controller, and that this actually uh, controllership extends to any and all uh, persons depicted in any and all videos, Right. Uh, And then the court went on to agree and the court said, you must get consent from everybody featured in every video. But then it gets better. So uh, (laughs) X-Hamster actually starts, you know, um, verifying IDs, gathering personal data of everybody who uploads stuff, asking for proof of identity. They give people who upload porn consent forms to ask everybody who is featured there to sign. Explicit consent then. God, Yes. So they start doing this insane stuff. But then the foundation finds out, aha, uh-huh, but there are still some videos from before which you haven't removed. So that is how the case ends up back in court now in April this year. And apparently because it was not enough that they actually started doing all of this stuff, this time around the court comes with a surprising ruling, uh, which is bad, both for ex and for the world as such. But I will tell the effects of the Uh, Of the actual verdict, uh, a little bit down in the episode. Don't want to spoil too much. But just to ask you about your gut feeling kind of, is it sane to say that if you have a video sharing platform, that you must get consent from every person depicted in every video?
0: Well, it would. uh, Are we talking about explicit consent here or not?
1: Let's talk any consent.
0: So. I I wanted to start this episode, uh, maybe I'll uh, add some uh, sad music uh, onto this, but uh, I want to say, dear Carpenter, I have some bad news (laughs) to break to you. You and everyone else in the entire world are now joint controllers processing special category personal data.
1: Insane. (laughs) Goodbye legitimate interest. It has been nice knowing you so far. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and then the myth uh, has been proved to be right consent is uh, the only legal basis for processing uh, personal data or is it really that bad
1: honestly given the fact uh, so I'm going to spoil it a bit here given the fact that they were not only uh, ordered to pay the court costs the damages they were imposed actually uh, I think 500 euro fine per video per day which remains online in which they can't prove consent Uh, I think actually,
0: Milos, it was 10,000 euro per day, which increases by 500 euros daily up to 30,000 euros per day.
1: Oh, wow. Let me upload something immediately. Then God knows how long it'll take (laughs) them to remove it. We should upload (laughs) Grumpy GDPR. Yeah, this
0: this one at least X-rated.
1: Yes, exactly. So look. Looking into it, um, the whole joint controllership thing, we know it started a long time ago. We know it started with Court of Justice. And it just strikes me how thin the system has become, how thin everything is stretched, right? Because mm. one of the things that you always bring up is that controllership is uh, about responsibility. and then, yeah. But if you're suddenly co-responsible with everyone, what do you do?
0: Yeah, I think it's starting to become very technical and very artificial and I do a lot of role assessment uh, jobs and I have have no idea how many, not days, but weeks or months I've spent on this reading all of the relevant uh, court of justice cases and all of the cases that I could find. And the more I think about this, the more I get the feeling that it is so artificial it doesn't really work in practice. It's like, you know, pushing a square peg through a round hole or what they say. Mm. It, it feels like you're trying to accommodate something to a technicality rather than looking at what's really at core here. And that's the data subject's rights and mm. the responsibility you have for processing personal data. So I think that my recommendation to anyone sitting with the role assessments themselves as well is to, Just take a step back, leave the definitions for a moment and look at the case at hand and the matter at hand. And what we are trying to do here is to protect people's rights and freedoms, right? Mm. So if we take that perspective instead, I um, I think it'll be much easier. And maybe the courts should start to think that as well.
1: We are definitely thinking alike because that was my next sentence. So what what strikes me as peculiar in this case? And we can circle back to the legal basis. Obviously, uh, we're talking about really, really uh, good public interest. I'm sure that these lawsuits were brought to prevent horrible abuse cases, to prevent things such as revenge porn, to prevent some very, very harmful scenarios. Um, But at the end of the day, what kind of effects is this creating long term? The same way we spoke in uh, our last episode, you know, if you punish someone who had one data subject, a breach of uh, public information more or less, and who notifies you what kind of signal are you sending long term. And here uh, the courts are just not taking into account, yes, you want to deal with an important issue, But is GDPR the hammer you want to be using? And I think that's something that the director of the Norwegian uh, Data Protection Authority brought up as well. I don't know if you have some thoughts on that, but GDPR should not be an answer to everything.
0: Or the law of everything, as uh, Jeroen Tersteg often says. Um, I don't know if he originally was the one saying it, but uh, that's where I read it, and it's starting to feel like that. And I think you said mm. before that it seems that the GDPR is uh, the hammer to every legal nail out there. And that is problematic. But it, mm. I think this case is really difficult because one of the results from this is that you get a lot of unlawfully shared porn removed from, uh, from uh, at least certain parts of, uh, of the web. So I think it's difficult, but Mm. I I have to agree with you because the implications for the rest of the legal system, Mm. does it create so much legal uncertainty that it, you know, it creates so much more problems than solutions. So I think it's an important debate to have.
1: It is exactly exactly what I'm thinking, because when you look into it, once again, I think this is also the trap that EDPB is falling into. We really want to get Facebook, so let us write these guidelines which say, no, 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 contracts, and yeah. then... You don't really see how this is going. What is this going to do with your carpenter? But uh, what do you think the implications would be if people actually say, or if the court stat- states that you need to have a legal basis to process each person's personal data, uh, each person depicted on things which get uploaded online? Um, I think we have other legal frameworks that we can bring up in not too long. But I think that this is already becoming unsustainable. Um, so looking into the facts of this case, I think that the, uh, the court makes kind of this artificial division into two different things. It talks about them having to remove uh, all information where they don't have consent forms of everybody appearing in the video. Uh, and then in addition to that they say that they need to especially also remove information of people filmed in places where they don't expect to be filmed and i mean what kind of burden is that placing on a data controller like how do i know if somebody expects to be filmed yeah you know, if somebody expects to be filmed in a ski resort right it, it gives yeah. these very random unpredictable things
0: Because what the problem here would be, what about uh, platforms like Vimeo or YouTube or uh, similar platforms? What are the implications for those Mm. platforms if this is the type of ruling that would be upheld on a European level?
1: And that is actually a perfect segue because we do have sources of regulation which regulate this, which the court just chose to interpret in a very peculiar way. So you have the e-commerce directive, which is now being replaced by the Digital Services Act, which regulates the liability of intermediaries for illegal content and such. So if the, the main point there is, if I'm a hosting service, I'm not legally liable for what my users upload, unless I actually know that what is uploaded is illegal, or if I get a notice, I take it down quickly. So that is how the internet works and has worked since 1990, whatever, 80s, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, And that is a perfectly logical thing, right? YouTube can't and shouldn't moderate every video. It shouldn't be, uh, say that I, on your blog uh, or your newsletter. No, I can't upload to your newsletter. Let's say you have a comment field uh, on your webpage and I write down the instructions on how to make a bomb. Obviously, you're not going to be liable for that unless you find out and choose to leave it there. Yeah. So uh, um, there is nothing different about personal data there. like it's It applies for everything from uh, criminal, all areas of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tricky thing here was that uh, X-Hamster actually proactively chose to implement some of these steps, some of these checks. So they went through uh the from twenty twenty one on so before even the first lawsuit, they have been doing this because of some uh, credit card requirements and whatever uh doing t- um pre moderation of content, taking things immediately down when they get reported and only then reviewing them uh asking for consent as well so basically uh the court then said because you are already kind of deciding whether or not something gets published because you're moderating because you're checking if something is illegal when you do decide to publish it you become liable because you have knowledge so it's the same as if your comment field uh, if you pre-read the comments or like try to remove some of the illegal comments and then they say yeah you know what you actually that one about the bomb slipped through, tough luck, you should have known, you, you were already checking. So if so you're
0: interfering too much, you are actually taking on liability.
1: Exactly. So if you try to find out what's illegal, you, you become liable. So, so they're trying
0: to do the right thing and they end up uh, being penalized yeah. for it.
1: Yeah, Exactly. So the DSA now with an update tries to update that and to say, if you take voluntary investigation measures, that is not going to break your shield from liability, right? But uh, we're still um, we're still also going to see how things look there because um, there is a recital then which says that you have to do so in a proportional way, assess all the legitimate interests and a bunch of stuff there. But the main point being, So first, we have this idea that, you know what, we're going to erase this liability shield because somebody tried to do the right thing. Mm. Need I remind you of 72 hours? And then, we're going to say all of this is Article 9 data and you don't, it's not enough that you've verified who uploaded this and have their consent. You need consent of everyone. And I mean, my God, what if I'm into filming 50 people? (laughs) What do I do then? What if they withdraw consent?
0: And I find it interesting as well that the court just ruled based on, and it sounds uh, ridiculous maybe, but the facts uh, of the case, because I had someone messaging me about something around the same uh, type of issue. This was actually uh, unsurprisingly related to seventy-two, um, the 72 hours episode. And what do you think is the courts and the authorities and the supervisory authorities' responsibility when they look at evidence and look at the facts as they are presented and they just uh, make conclusions based on that, shouldn't they also challenge things from the perspective that they know what their rights are here?
1: Mm, Of course, of course they should. Actually, I think in this decision, the court mentions that there is a freedom to conduct business but here we have commercial interests and they must be weighed as less important than uh, than privacy and yeah so well, there's
0: interesting also this uh, balance between uh, the DSA and the GDPR and i'm sure that we are going to do a whole separate episode or episodes on that not least because you are actually uh, writing and i hope it's okay that i share this uh, that you are writing the commentary for the DSA
1: Yes, the first time I'm actually sitting down and doing like article by article commentary. Uh, it's perfectly fine that you're sharing it as long as I get it actually finished. But hopefully, yeah, now you have to. <laughs> now I have it's, to. It's you out have, you're there.
0: held publicly accountable.
1: Yes, uh, there is tons of stuff there. We have to do an episode on it. We've already briefly chatted, like you have insanity, like uh, you must, you're forbidden from serving children with profiled advertising, but you're not allowed to gather personal data to figure out if you are actually uh, giving service to children. So,
0: Yeah, Uh, I think we have uh, at least one or two or three episodes cut out for us on that.
1: Yeah, it just seems to me that like every EU solution lately is somebody picking a genuinely problematic topic, right? This is an issue, but then just writing an entirely half-baked solution which is not going to work in practice. Mm-hmm. But do you have any tips for people now that we think about these kind of heightened requirements, the joint controllership and everything? Uh, do you think it's actually, um, do you think it's still, do you think that our advice still holds? Start with Article 5. Yes move on from there?
0: Absolutely, 100%. That was going to be my answer uh, again. First, go to Article 5 and then Article 30, the ROPA, because, you know, Whenever I do role assessments, it is a requirement that they have done their ROPA first. And if they haven't, that has to precede the role assessment because you can't do any role assessment unless you know what you're role assessing. You have to know the landscape. You have to know what you're doing, what your processing activities are. And then you can start thinking about, OK, what is our role for this processing activity? And do we need to maybe split it in other mm-hmm smaller processing activities to really understand what our role is. So it is super tricky, but Article 5, Article 30 start there and you're so much better off. But that said, Milos, so what would you say the conclusion should have been in this case?
1: In this case? Honestly, I would have just gone for the e-commerce directive. So the currently, um, depends on applicability, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, Liability exemptions. So they are a service provider. They're a hosting provider. You cannot expect Instagram to get consent for every photo that gets uploaded. You cannot Mm. hold Dropbox liable for everybody's document saying, let's plan an attack here or there. It's just nonsensical. So GDPR should have been out of the picture here we should not be discussing their gdpr liability but it is a part of a big problem and uh, me being grumpy about that is not going to fix it now uh, you remember how i said in the beginning i'm not going to spoil it what the court actually said Uh, you know but it is still surprising Mm. what they actually ordered so what they have ordered is uh, in essence two things number one remove all the videos of dutch people worldwide. So remove them from the American website anywhere. And in Netherlands, remove all the worldwide videos to to which you do not have consent forms from every single person in that video. And remember, when they're talking about personal data, it could be like my birthmark. Hey, everything is personal data, so can be identified.
0: Yeah, these days everything is also special category personal data, right?
1: But can you imagine the extent of such a drastic measure this is worse than a fine. This is what you were talking about, right? Yeah. You just say, remove it. That's it. Delete it. And first of all, ha- yeah. It's like so Pornhub.
0: That was a similar case as well, where they just purged all unverified content from their uh, platform. And I think that was what started the uh, credit card thing that you mentioned because the credit card Mm. companies, they just required it. And that got me thinking as well that sometimes it's not the uh, supervisory authorities, it's not the courts, but there could be other actors in a market that could really accelerate data erasure efforts.
1: Mm, Definitely. Data minimization, everything, they can. Uh it's just, I think, uh, very, very important to see that system as a whole, like to actually start talking about partnerships there between the public and the private sector. Mm. But uh, the more you start banning, and to me, Looking realistically at things, come on, what have we spoken about during our past episodes? Why do I feel like we need an optimistic episode uh, for the next one? It's like the yeah. authorities have become worse than Facebook. You know, some years ago we used to say, oh, Facebook, you know, how dare they with this move fast and break things? Who is moving fast and breaking things? Like you've managed yeah. to punish a newspaper, uh, sanction one company which did the right thing by reporting uh, here uh, as uh, banned porn. So like you're moving fast and breaking things.
0: Yeah. And it, it's, um, it is worrying. And I'm getting a lot of messages these days from other worried professionals as well. And when we're talking about special category personal data, so we are going to do a separate episode on this. So I just want to touch on it briefly. And that is the infamous, uh, Court of Justice ruling from uh, last fall, was it? Case 184 slash 20. I'm not going to attempt that name because uh, the names of those cases are horrible. (laughs) Yes. Because I had one thought uh, regarding the, the ruling that we're talking about now is that, is this really Article 9 data?
1: So that would be my instinctive thought as well but we have to talk about that judgment the way that I interpret it and understand it and seemingly is widely understood is well basically if you put down a name of a person you're living with someplace that's already article 9 data anything from which you can infer somebody's sexual orientation or health or anything is also sensitive data. And again that then leads us to the result that I guess I can't Use legitimate interest or contract for anything um, mm. because come on, like literally the name of a person you're living with is sensitive data
0: yeah and and the thing i'm yeah the thing i'm I'm wondering about in this context is the definition they're using because if you look at article nine one it says sex life or sexual orientation. And I I didn't have time to to look it up before the episode, but I'm curious as to the Dutch translation in their actual uh, Dutch law, because uh, it's not, in the the ruling we're talking about today, they have translated it to, what was it? Sexual behavior, Hmm. which I think is different from sex life and sex, uh, sexual orientation. So they are classifying these videos on the porn site as a special category of personal data because it relates to a person's sexual behavior. And I disagree. I don't think it's Article 9 because it's uh, not regarding someone's sex life or sexual orientation.
1: Uh, I will have to take a different stance on there. And given that, again, everything seems to be sensitive data in my interpretation these days, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need an Article <laughs> 9 episode. The yeah, end.
0: we do. We do. But,
1: um, so my takeaway, you asked for that, download your porn, folks. Go run before you plan. <laughs> what about yours?
0: I'm curious um, as to Article 9. I'm more curious now. So we really need to, to plan for that uh, episode. And um, yeah, I have some thoughts there, but I won't, I won't ruin it uh, now. But I think it's uh, this is important. And I would like to see how this would relate on a European level. So uh, come the DSA and let's see what happens in the market from there
1: exciting times ahead of us the quote-unquote the new gdpr but i wish you a very 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 nice rest of the day and i think we're gonna wrap it up there
0: yeah uh, last thing when can we expect your book
1: oh don't ask it's supposed to be done by november we Um,
0: will have it in november yay yes
1: yay Um, (laughs) thank you so much for putting pressure on me i'm getting Um, the
0: death stare here by the way people so uh, (laughs) i'm glad it's uh, only a
1: podcast (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much and have a lovely day
0: thank you milo speak soon Bye, bye
1: bye